I recently helped hundreds of people achieve more in a few months than they had the previous several years. And now I'm getting ready to open up another challenge where I want to help you do the same. Here is actually a short testimonial of someone who was in that challenge. This challenge was hands down the best thing I did all year. And I appreciate the time, energy, and heart that you put into it. My name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of many books that have now sold millions of copies. Click the link down below and watch this free training where I will show you these frameworks on how you can achieve more in the next 90 days than you possibly have in the last five to 10 years. Click the link down below and watch the training before it goes away. Hey, I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of multiple books. This is episode five of the 10X is Easier Than 2X YouTube series. Dan Sullivan and I wrote 10X is Easier Than 2X. This is the third book in a trilogy. So in this video, I'm going to talk about the second component of identity. In order to go 10X, there's a 10X psychology. 10X really comes down to three things. It comes down to your identity, which is two things. It's your story and your standards. 10X also comes down to your time, which is all about your attention, whatever you focus on, you create more of, but also the return you get on that attention. Going much deeper in the few things that matter and being in flow, that's going to help you go 10X. And then the third aspect of a 10X psychology is leadership, which is all about trust and transformation. So in this video, I'm going to talk about the second component of identity, which is your standards. Your standards are really about your floor and your ceiling. So let me go ahead and show my screen. I'm going to break this down and make it simple for you. So as people, we all have a floor and a ceiling. And the reason this is important is because one of the core definitions of identity is, is that it's that which you're most committed to as a person. It's it's your self-concept. Yes, it's it's how you view yourself and frame yourself. That's your story. But it's also the beliefs and values and behaviors to which you are firmly committed. I think the most easy way of looking at identity is, is it's that which you're most committed to as a person. And as people... We all have commitments. Robert Keegan, the Harvard psychologist, said we have hidden commitments. Hidden commitments are commitments we made in the past that are now forming our subconscious or our habits. We all have a ceiling and we all have a floor. And very rarely do we focus on the floor, but it's actually the floor that you want to focus on because the floor represents the bottom of your commitment. And so the key is actually, rather than focusing on raising your ceiling and working harder and doing more, you actually want to do less. Going 10X is about higher quality and less quantity. And so rather than focusing on doing more, you actually want to focus on removing friction. Instead of raising the ceiling, you actually want to raise the floor. And so the reason why this is so important is because raising your floor comes down to stripping away aspects of yourself that no longer make sense. It comes down to raising your standard, and your standard is that which you're most committed to. In other words, your standard and your commitment are the same thing and you're because if it's not a if it's not a true commitment then it's not a true standard. We all have standards. You have a standard, I have a standard. You have a standard for how you spend your time, I have a standard for how I spend my time. You have a standard for the kind of food you put in your body. You have a standard for basically you know who your friends are, the type of information you consume. We all have standards and in that standard, the true standard is our identity because our identity is that which we're most committed to. The process of raising your floor or raising your standard is actually the deepest work you can do. This is why, and I've talked about it on multiple videos throughout this series so far, when you're going to go for 10x growth, a big aspect of that is letting go of your 80%. 80% of your life right now, and that's based on the 80-20 model, if you're going to go for 10x growth, then only the best 20% matters and you have to, you basically, you're going to go all in on that 20% and make it 10 times better, but you're also going to let go of the 80%. So 
So you've got to you got to let go of that eighty percent. When you're letting go of the eighty percent of your life, what that means is is that you're raising your standards. There's a few ways of looking at raising your floor or raising your minimum standard. I'm just going to share a few of them with you in this video. So I'm going to talk about minimum standard first. In the book, 10X is Easier Than 2X, in the section on identity, which is chapter two, 10Xing your identity, there's a story that I share of a guy named Chad Willardson. Chad Willardson is a financial advisor in California. And basically, when he first started becoming a financial advisor, when he was going through the training process, and it was actually through Merrill Lynch, he wanted to make his minimum standard for new clients $100,000. Basically, he wanted to take no one as a client who had less than $100,000 to invest in his own advisors, his own leaders and things like that. And his training program said, that's impossible. You're only like 23, 24 years old. No one's going to give you that type of money. But Chad basically chose his own standard. And I think that this is a really important component of standards, by the way, is, is that as human beings, we typically make other people into our standards. We let other people be basically the point of reference or the reference point for the standards we have for ourselves. That's why there's a great quote that says that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Because You surround yourself with people and then you make them and their results and even their beliefs and values into your standards. And I think that's one of the worst things we could do is make other people into our standard because other people are coming from a different place. They have a different past, but they also have a different future. You don't want to make someone else your standard. This is something I tell my kids all the time. Like, don't for my son, Caleb, for example, and I've talked about him before in these videos, don't make your friend the standard for your own tennis because he has a different goal. He has a different context. He has a different purpose. You want to choose your own standards. And that's a key. That's a key is, is your standard should be intrinsic. So back to Chad, he decided that rather than listening to his advisors and making them his standard or making their standards his standards, he decided to set his own standard and say, I'm not going to take anyone less than 100,000. And so he ended up spending six months getting almost no clients. The thing about having high standards is, is that in the beginning, you're not going to be able to live up to that standard. You're going to fail a lot towards that standard. And that's basically what happened to Chad. For six months, while the other trainees in the program were picking up clients with ten or fifteen or $20,000 to invest, Chad was getting rejected. And this fits with the last video that I talked about, why impossible goals are actually easier than possible goals. Number one, because seemingly impossible goals have less pathways. There's less potential ways of getting there, but also to the idea of fitness function, that you actually become whatever you're optimizing yourself for whatever you focus on, you expand on, but also whatever you focus on, you create mastery in. While the other trainees in the program were developing mastery and getting clients with 10, 15, $20,000 to invest, Chad was actually developing mastery in a much higher goal. And because the goal was so much higher, quote unquote, he was trying to catch bigger fish. He failed for a lot longer. Ultimately, what ended up happening was is that Six months into the program, a guy called him who he had cold called you know, months before, and that, that person had $600,000 to invest. And so Chad's first client actually was 600000 six 6x bigger than what, his, what Chad's mentor said would be impossible. And so Chad maintained that minimum standard, and he never took a client under that. And so that standard became his benchmark. It became his identity. Your standard informs who you are and what you do. So Chad started with a high floor relative to others, but the important thing was is that that was his own floor. And we all choose our own floor. We also all choose our minimum standard of what we're going to accept, what we decide is normal for us. And ultimately what ended up happening for Chad is that he raised his minimum standard after a while. After a while, he developed mastery in getting clients over 100,000. And so he then raised his minimum standard to $250,000 that in order to have a new client, they would have to have at least $250,000 to invest. And so because that became his new standard, he stopped taking people at his old standard. So then eventually he raised his standard to a million. 
and he got more and more specific in that standard. It's not just about it's not just about the the level of the standard, but it's also about the specificity of the standard. So eventually, because he he got so big, he actually ended up becoming one of the top advisors at Merrill Lynch. He realized that there was that he was basically capped in his potential working for a firm. So he ended up ultimately becoming he went back to zero and became a, an entrepreneur and created his own fiduciary. And he started with the standard that he would only work with specifically entrepreneurs who had at least a million to invest. And he was actually looking for high growth entrepreneurs. So in other words, his standards got a lot more specific. It wasn't just about a, a, an amount of money and that he would take anyone. Now he was only working with entrepreneurs and even more niche, even more specific, high growth entrepreneurs with at least a million. So that's a lot higher specific standard than just I'll take anyone who's got 100,000. The more specific you get, and this is something actually that Greg McEwen talks about in his book, Essentialism. For example, rather than just saying, I want good pizza in New York, you may actually tighten the scope and, and make it more niche. I actually want Chicago style pizza and I want it to be, you know, thick crust or thin crust. And, and I want cheese, and, you know, I want cheese in the crust. Like you can get highly nuanced and highly specific, but the more specific you get in your search or in your filtering, and I think this is also true with things like ChatGBT, that the more specific you get in what you're looking for, the more specific will be the answers you get. And so that's what you want to do when it comes to your standards. You want to be highly specific, highly focused rather than broad, more specific. And then as you raise that standard, so basically to just finish the story, what happened for Chad is, is that he started at that much higher minimum standard and he started to develop mastery at that standard because you develop mastery at whatever you focus on. There's a great book on this subject actually called Catching the Big Fish, and I believe it's by Peter Lynch. But the idea is, is that consciousness is like the ocean. And if your consciousness is up at the surface, then is all you can see is small fish that are up at the ocean. But if you go really deep and if you actually like focus on higher quality, less quantity, you can start to see whales, start to see big fish that you didn't even know existed when you were up at the surface. But in order to actually see those, you have to go deep in terms of your focus. This is why 10X is about higher quality and less quantity in everything you do, in everything you focus on, but also in what you do and in how you do it. And so Chad ultimately started to develop mastery in what he focused on. That's the idea of fitness function. Whatever you focus on, you create more of. Whatever you focus on and whatever standard you're pursuing, you ultimately become. And so he ended up developing mastery at that level. And then he, he, he's now raised his standard. And so now his minimum standard is, is $10 million. So he won't take any new clients with less than $10 million to invest. And that's now the level that he's optimizing himself for. He's optimizing his focus for. So let me make this super practical because that's that's like uh, that's one big way of looking at it. Certainly, for example, let's just say that, you know, you're a computer programmer and you charge X amount per hour for working with you. Maybe it's like 50 or 80 bucks an hour or something like that. And I'm just throwing out numbers. If you actually tripled your fee, but focused on very specific problems, you now just raised your standard, but you also made it a lot more specific. Now, for a period of time, that standard may be two things. One, it may be outside your comfort zone in terms of your identity. That might feel uncomfortable for you to charge that much. But also positionally, maybe you, you, you're you not positioned such that it's obvious to people that, it, that your services are worth that. Maybe, maybe it's not clear that you're the master at that level. And so maybe for a time, if you raise your minimum standard, you start getting rejected at that standard or you have a hard time getting clients at that level for a while. Now you could fault ba falter back to the old standard and, and get quick wins, or you can accept 
that this is the new standard and make it a forcing function is what we would call it, where it's a true standard. It's a non-negotiable. And instead of falling back to the low standard, you actually figure out how to succeed at the new standard. I like this idea of it's better to fail at the new standard rather than succeed at the old standard. It's also better to fail as your future self rather than succeed as your current self. Now, it may take time, but once you actually get one yes at the new standard, that'll start to build confidence. Dan Sullivan actually has a four C's model. He talks about how you have to first commit and commitment leads to courage. Courage means you're willing to try something that may or may not work. You're willing to take some psychological or emotional or even physical risk towards a noble and worthwhile goal. And the so basically, once you commit to something that's above your current, you know, your current position, once you commit to a new standard, you're going to have to go through a courage process. And that courage process is basically deliberate practice. That's where you're going to ultimately be developing yourself and your situation and your positioning and your ultimately your skills um, such that you can actually achieve at the new standard. So Dan's four C's, which I love, it's a beautiful model, is first commitment, then courage, then capability, then confidence. So you have to commit to something above and beyond your current standard and what you've ever done before, and that's going to lead you to courage. Trying, failing, deliberate practice, trial and error until eventually you develop three, which is new capability, new co- new capability, new skills, new knowledge, new positioning, and that new capability and also the, develop- the, the getting of wins at the new level is what ultimately builds new confidence. Confidence is the byproduct of past success. And so what happens is, is when you raise the standard and then you start to position yourself, learn and master at the level of your new standard, eventually you normalize the new standard and it becomes your new normal. And, and then you have confidence at that new standard. And once you have confidence at that new standard, you've normalized it. And then you can set the next high level commitment. You can raise the floor again. You can also raise the ceiling. So I think that that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Another important way of looking at the floor is... And this is this comes from Dr. Robert Keegan, but Robert Keegan basically is a psychologist and he wrote a great book called Immunity to Change. Immunity to Change is all about how we have a built-in system. There's a great quote that says the system is designed to defend the system. Psychologically, that system is the subconscious. Your subconscious is you on autopilot and I would say your subconscious really is your past self. And so your past self has a floor. You have Hidden commitments is what Dr. Robert Keegan said. Hidden commitments are things you committed to in the past that inform the behaviors you're doing in the present. So as an example, if you hop onto social media for a few hours a day, it's because you've committed to something in the past, ideas or concepts that ultimately lead to that behavior. So if you want to stop that behavior, you have to change your identity. You have to weed out those hidden commitments and you have to commit to some new standards that actually filter out that behavior. The new commitments stop that behavior. This is part of psychological flexibility where you're setting new standards or new commitments, but you're also becoming aware of the old commitments that are driving your behavior. And so rather than having judgment and anger towards your current behavior or past self, actually what you want to do is celebrate when you become more and more aware. When you become, when the unconscious becomes conscious, you become aware, more aware than you were before, and you celebrate it. You celebrate that you're more aware and you celebrate that you see actions and behaviors that are now a seemingly low floor. That could be people you're around. Maybe you have a a very low floor in terms of various friends you surround yourself with. You may have a low floor in terms of the information you consume. You may have a low floor on your daily basis. So for example, yes, you may have a, a great ceiling where maybe you wake up and you engage in a lot of great activity towards your goals and towards your future self, but you may also have a really low floor where you're self-sabotaging, where you have behavior that's really contradictory to your goals and, and those are your floor. And so you want to eliminate those and raise your floor. 
it truly is by raising your floor that you're going to make the biggest progress as a person. That one one way of putting this is unlearning is more powerful than learning, but also weeding out your hidden commitments and and letting go of your past self is is one of the best things you can do as a person. And so you just ultimately want to be clear on what your floor is and clear on on where you're going to let go of that floor and raise your standard. And then ultimately you want to normalize that standard. And as you raise that standard and as you start weeding out the things that served your past self, this is actually, I think, uh, an important component is, is that what got you here won't get you there, but there's no reason to condemn what got you here. So for example, you don't want to be angry at your old friends just because now you have a new and different standard that's going to take your life in a different direction. There's no reason at being mad at those other people. Actually, you want to celebrate those things. You want to celebrate your past self and ultimately just recognize that you're not your past self and that your new standard is going to require that you go a different direction. But there's no reason to be angry or upset at your past self or angry at the old standard. And this fits even with the idea of addiction. So one of my good friends, Joe Polish, talks about how addiction isn't actually necessarily a problem. It's actually a solution to a problem. It's not a sustainable solution to a problem, but it's it's one way of solving a problem in the short run. And so you can look at, for example, various addictions, whether it's to extreme drugs or to something else, as part of your floor. And at some point or another, you raise the floor such that that solution goes away. Like you got to let go of that floor and the hidden commitments that are holding that solution together. And eventually you let that go. That's part of your past self, but it doesn't meet the standards of your future self. A big aspect of a 10x psychology is you let the future dictate your standards, not the past to dictate your standards. You don't want anyone else to determine your standards. But the, the common thing is, is that people, they maintain their floor while trying to scale up their ceiling. And so they're not ultimately transforming their subconscious. Your floor is ultimately your subconscious. There's a great quote from David Hawkins. He said that your unconscious will only allow you to have what you believe you deserve. And so when you raise your floor and you start letting go of whatever things are on your floor, poor behaviors, certain friend groups, various media, using the 80-20 model and the 80-20 principle, 80% of what you consume is a reflection of your past, not your future. And so when you raise the floor on, for example, the information you consume, on, on the few things you do, the goal would be to do less but better, higher quality, less quantity. There's a great quote, actually, that how you do one thing is how you do all things. So rather than doing 50 things at a mediocre level, you want to eliminate the 80% and just do a few things really well. And how you do one thing will be how you do all things. You get really good at a few things, and you'll just do a few things very well. And, and your standards in general will increase. Your standards on who you spend your time with, on on how you eat, on how you spend your time, on what you do, because your sense of identity and your sense of purpose will op- will operate at a higher level. And because you'll have weeded out aspects of your subconscious, which were hidden commitments of your past self. As you let go of some of those hidden commitments and as you raise your floor, you're going to have a lot higher integrity towards your future self, towards who you want to be. And that higher sense of integrity is going to increase on an emotional level what you believe you deserve. There's a great book on this subject actually called Raise Your Healthy Deserve Level by Gary Cady. And he quotes very similarly to David Hawkins, who I just quoted earlier, but he said that you don't get in life what you deserve. You get what you believe you deserve. But what you believe you deserve is largely based on your integrity towards what you want. A lot of people say that one of of their core values is integrity, but that's not actually true. No one has integrity toward everything. Instead, we have integrity towards certain things. And so the key is, is that you clarify your future self and who you want to be, and you start to have integrity towards that. And you start to raise your standards and your floor towards that so that you can normalize it. And you let go of the 80% that doesn't fit. You start to raise your minimum standard, raise your floor, and weed out 
the things in your life that are no longer serving your future. But you don't have to be angry at them. You Even addictions or things that aren't necessarily useful to where you're going, the standards of your past self, in other words, you don't have to be mad at that. You can actually celebrate that that's where you were, but you're not the same person you are now. There's another great quote on this whole idea that lessons are repeated until they're learned. And I'm just going to show you back to my screen the idea that when you raise your floor, your ceiling goes up and you go through this process. And there's a really good book on the subject, one of my favorite books, actually. It's called Peaks and Valleys by... Um, Spencer Johnson. Spencer Johnson wrote the book, Who Moved My Cheese? He also wrote a book called Out of the Maze, which is a brilliant book about how in order to uh, get to the next level of life, you have to actually change your beliefs. And your beliefs are like the maze that you're operating in. And so you got to actually get out of the maze and have new beliefs so that you're going to get new goals. But in my opinion, Spencer Johnson's best book is called Peaks and Valleys. And so the idea here is, is that when you're going from one level to another, when you're going from basically one 10x to another, You're going to learn lessons. This fits a lot, by the way, with the hero's journey, that you have some call to adventure. You have some sense of purpose. This fits a lot, by the way, with Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning, and he said it is a peculiarity of people that we can only live by looking to the future. But he also quoted Nietzsche, when the why is strong enough, you can bear any how, but also when the why is strong enough, you will find the how. So we need purpose. That's what Viktor Frankl found living in the concentration camps of World War II, is he said once people lost hope and a sense of purpose and having specific goals for their future, the present loses meaning. This further shows that our experience in the present is largely shaped by our, our views of the past and our views of the future. And when you stop having a future, when you stop having hope in the future, your present loses meaning, and then you become retrospective. This is exactly what Viktor Frankl talked about. You stop having a future, and so you turn inward, your present loses meaning, and ultimately you begin to di- disintegrate as a person. So you need a sense of purpose. And so back to the whole idea of the hero's journey and having a call to adventure. You have a call to a next level and that call is going to lead you down a path and that path is going to teach you lessons. There's a great quote that basically says lessons are repeated until they're learned. And so in the hero's journey, there's the notion of tests, challenges, exams, and that in order to get from one level to the next, you've got to actually pass the exams, the lessons of that level. And so that fits with Peaks and Valleys. Peaks Peaks and Valleys by Spencer Johnson, he just says that we all have peaks and valleys And he talks about how a lot of times the bad things in our lives happen because of what we do on our peaks. We don't actually learn the lessons of the peaks and so we create unnecessary valleys. But also the best things in our lives happen because of what we learn and what we do in our valleys. Spencer Johnson talks about peaks and valleys in life are kind of like a heart rate. Like you don't ever want a heart rate to be flat. You want it to go up and down. And so peaks and valleys are both essential. And the point of them both is to learn the lessons of that level so that ultimately you can transform and become a new person so that you can get to your next level. And as you learn those lessons, you now have a higher floor, which ultimately scales up your ceiling. As you go from one peak to the next or 110x to the next, you're a different person at each level. And at the new level, kind of like Dan's four C's, you've gone through commitment, courage, you've built new capability, you've learned new lessons, and ultimately you have new confidence. And now you're at a new 10x peak with a new standard, and ultimately your life looks very different. And from that new peak, you're now a different person than your past self at the bottom of the peak. Your future self is always a very different person than your current self. And so at the new peak, with that new capability, skills, confidence, situation, you can now see new and different peaks, which are radically different from the peak that you just climbed. And so, but in order to actually be on that peak and go to the next level, you've got to learn the lessons at that level. So that's how peaks and valleys works. That's how standards work. And I just invite you to choose your own standards and then to continuously raise your floor. As you're raising your floor, you're raising the standard and you're letting go of things that you didn't do before. And as you raise the floor, you learn to operate and to normalize the new standard. 
And that as you do that, you weed out your hidden commitments. You weed out your past self. This is all a component of identity. As I said, identity is two things. It's your story and it's your standards. And you can go through this process over and over of going from peak and valley to peak, 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 going through the process of the hero's journey over and over or the 10x process over and over. Every time you do, you're stripping away more and more of that past self and those hidden commitments and you're reaching a higher place of an essentially enlightenment where you're learning more and more lessons and you're ultimately choosing the standards by which you live. It's a beautiful process. I hope you enjoyed this. Please subscribe to the channel and I'll see you on the next episode of this 10X is Easier Than 2X series. By the way, if you haven't gotten the book, would you please support this by buying the book, buying the audiobook? I will say on the audiobook, there are three hours of bonus interviews between me and Dan Sullivan that you'll not be able to find anywhere but Audible. The hardcover is obviously gorgeous. Thank you for supporting. Have an amazing day.